Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Project Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. I'm happy to introduce our guest today, Vince Ning. He is the CEO of Navis, a distributor of cannabis products servicing hundreds of licensed businesses in the state of California. Welcome to the show today, Vince. Thanks, Bethany. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Looking forward to learning more about what's going on in, in for you in the cannabis industry. But uh, let's start by learning more about you specifically, um, about your background, your experience before you got involved in the cannabis industry. What were you up to? Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, my professional career pretty much, you know, all lies in the tech space. Um, I mean, cannabis has always been a personal passion of mine. Um, so I've been familiar with the products and everything ever since, um, you know, I was young as a, you know, as a college kid. And so um, this is always a space that's been interesting to me. But um, on a professional level, um, you know, right out of college, I worked at Microsoft for a bit and then um, helped them build a bunch of their financial systems um, internally um, as a software engineer. And then shortly after that, I uh, ended up um, starting my last company, which was uh, deeper into technology, which you know became like a developer tools company called Scaffold. Um, we uh, ended up getting some funding down in the Bay Area. So that's kind of what brought me down to uh, Northern California. Um, and went through the Y Combinator program with that company. Um, ended up scaling up the uh, app to you know running and hosting and serving about six thousand um, apps in production. Um, just because you know we were building a backend as a service solution before to help engineers um, you know uh, make apps easier. Um, and so after that, the the company then. Um, joined on with Amazon. Um, and so now it's become a service on AWS called uh, AWS AppSync. Um, and then, you know, right after that, that's kind of when um, I've got my first foray into the cannabis space, um, basically through uh, a friend and, um, you know, kind of how technologists are always looking for new areas and spaces to, um, you know, build tools and automation and efficiencies in the system. Um, cannabis is one of those where, you know, the supply chain was so new, um, the market was so new in the legal space um, that, you know, I thought that it was a pretty good opportunity to jump in to see where we could help out, um, only to find that, you know, there wasn't even the infrastructure underlying, you know, the underlying support for, um, you know, as far as like people who would use software tools and systems to even, you know, build a platform for. So that's kind of how we got started with Navis is um, we essentially just started the actual like infrastructure side of the business first as the distributor and, you know, helped our friend drive around his products across the state, um, delivering from door to door, um, 
essentially, you know, picking up from his manufacturers and working with his suppliers and, you know, delivering them down to the last mile retailer. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that in itself became the business. Um, and uh, from there, everything grew and we started building tools for ourselves. And that's how the, the tech side of our business uh, came to be. Oh, great. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for that background. And it, it must be interesting having worked for a company like Microsoft that has <clears throat> hundreds of thousands of employees um, versus n- now you're in a startup. But um, so my next question, um, you, you said a little bit about how you got inspired to start your company, but do you have a passion? Do you have um some kind of reason other than the the cool business idea for being involved in the cannabis industry like what's your what's your connection to the plant yeah so i mean i guess i grew up on the growing up on the east coast it was you know super illegal but it was it's always been so- <laughs> <laughs> from the east coast too i know what you mean <laughs> yeah <Super> illegal <laughs> yeah fairly illegal um but you know from there i guess i just shared a lot of amazing experiences and built some of you know my, my best friendships um through just you know experiencing this plant with them and so it's always just been um you know part of my life um and you know i started this business actually with my best friend uh, his name's June um, and it was something that you know we, we've been childhood best friends since high school um, and so you know this is always something that we enjoyed together and it was uh, and you know when we were just hanging out one day uh, almost like two years ago now and just talking about this industry and how like at once it was so hush hush and now California is legalizing recreationally and you know being you know California residents we, we thought like we should probably go check it out to see, um, you know, put some put some names to faces, put some faces to names, and see, um, you know, what the industry was actually like um, now that it's becoming legalized. Um, and so, you know, that was pretty much, you know, apart from the whole like business aspect of it, um, why we were interested in it was because, you know, we we both uh, enjoyed it as consumers. So we thought, you know, how can we help out this industry ourselves? <clears throat> Fantastic, cool. Well, it's nice to have more more talent and brains and passion in the in this growing industry. Um, so now, mm-hmm. in current day, uh, your company is Nabis. You're the CEO. Uh, tell me, tell me more about the company, your role, what you're up to, any plans you have for the year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the company, we basically just closed our latest round of financing. Um, and, uh, you know, we went through the Y Combinator program, uh, brought on some great investors. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been, it's, it's honestly been such a privilege to be able to work with some of the best people in Silicon Valley in cannabis um, and, and especially our team. I owe a lot to them. Um, and, you know, my role now has kind of changed a lot recently from, you know, just, starting with driving the vehicles themselves. Um, that's how we got the business going. Uh, so Jude and I would actually do the deliveries and then we brought on some friends who we trusted to do the deliveries and now they're all in leadership roles. And, um, you know, my role has then shifted over to, you know, building software product for a while um, to help automate a lot of our internal processes and systems and build a platform that um, brands could use uh, to ship out and track their orders and manage their inventory and, um, you know, their finances through us. Um, and, uh, you know, then it became, 
you know, fundraising and I was kind of deep in that for a while. Mm. Um, and, and now it's kind of back to getting back to work, which is, um, such a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, just working, being able to kind of have a little more, um, time to dedicate to our software product, um, bringing on more business. Um, and so, you know, really what we're looking to do this year is to, you know, bring on as many brands as possible and, um, particularly, you know, the best brands in each category. Um, because, you know, for us as a, as a distributor, it's a, you know, on the, on the number side of things, it's a very volume based game. So, you know, the, the more volume, the more products, um, and the best products that we have, um, the more routes we can build, um, the lower our average costs of delivery are, and, you know, the better our margins. So, um, you know, from now until the end of this year, it's really all about scalability and mm -hmm. growing the business as it currently is. Yeah. Yeah. So how many employees do you have right now? Um, we have about 50 employees. Wow. Um, yeah, it's grown a lot, you know, since the past year. Um, and, uh, you know, just started out June and myself earlier last year. And we've brought on a lot of, um, you know, operations folks, sales folks, um, you know, solid engineering team, um, you know, a couple of uh, compliance people, strategy, yeah. information, data folks. So, you know, we, and marketing as well. So, you know, we, we have a lot of these, uh, you know, different departments all carved out working together in lockstep. And it's, it's quite amazing to be able to work with such an awesome team. Yeah. That's a lot of quick growth in a short amount of time. Uh, you know, going from you and your friend, uh, doing the deliveries to having <laughs> 50 employees. That's wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Uh, and, and you touched on compliance, um, which, you know, the, the cannabis industry knows compliance, compliance, compliance is our <clears throat> battle cry at this point. So right. uh, very wise to have a few people that are dedicated to it for sure. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, so do you foresee uh, your company growing to a particular size or like how, what's, what's the ideal uh, size or function of your company? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we basically want to be as large of a distributor as possible. That is very tech driven. Um, and so, you know, everything that we do, we think about it from like a scalability aspect. And, you know, how can we take this one specific instance and generalize it so that it can apply to all other, you know, situations that might occur down the road. And, you know, what we really want is to carry the best brands, um, you know, get them stocked into, you know, all the major dispensaries. And, you know, apart from that, even dispensaries in the deeper regions of the state. Um, and that's only in California. Uh, yeah. You know, we're definitely looking to grow out of state as well. Uh, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, particular ones that we're, we're looking at are, you know, ones that haven't even gotten legalized yet recreationally. So a lot of it is just playing the waiting game to see how those licenses shake out. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the value prop that we really try to provide is, you know, we really try to give brands the experience of, um, you know, they've been very comfortable with self-distribution before with shipping out their own products to all their buyers at retailers. And, you know, for us, like, you know, we wanted to provide that same level of experience in the sense that, um, you know, they get the, you know, the, the, look and feel of self-distribution um, where, you know, they have visibility into their supply chain and every single product that goes through their, you know, vehicles to get out to the, the retailer. Um, we want to provide that same level of transparency through us, but, you know, 
from a brand's perspective, they only have to pay for, you know, third party distribution, not have to manage their own warehouses and infrastructure and trucks and, and things like in operations teams um, and things like that. Um, And so, you know, we just want to scale everything up. Yeah, makes perfect sense. All right, we're going to jump to a commercial break here for a minute, but we'll be right back to talk more with Vince Ning of Nabis. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany, and I've been talking with Vince from Nabis, a California-based distributor of cannabis products. Um, and so the, let's, let's jump right in. The cannabis industry's structure is maturing pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. We have started seeing, we started off rather seeing vertical industries a lot, particularly here in Colorado, where companies were required to grow and process and sell their own cannabis. But now we're seeing more sophisticated structures and supply chains, which includes distributors like you. Um, So what do you think the benefit and value of having these supply chains and distributors 
are for our industry? Yeah, um, that's a that's a really great question. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, from a brand's perspective and a retailer's perspective, think that, you know, we're basically just labeled as middlemen, um, you know, passing through products, you know, with additional layer of complexity. But in reality, we, you know, distributors are here to create efficiencies in the supply chain. And, um, you know, if you think about it before in the self-distribution model that we were discussing, um, every brand, um, small and large, would ship out their own products to every single retailer. So it created this kind of like N squared permutation of, uh, you know, number of deliveries and conversations um, and, you know, lines of communications that had to happen for people to be able to source the right products. Um, and, you know, as a distributor, uh, we basically do that job. Um, you know, we are a logistics company at our core. Um, you know, we help, you know, find the best products, um, curate them, um, bring them onto our portfolio and present them all as kind of like a, as close to a one-stop shop as possible for the retailer to be able to find the best products. Um, and so that way they only have to give us a call and be able to source, you know, for us, we, we carry about 45 different brands now. And so, um, you know, they have to get, they can just give us a call and we have, the ability to source, you know, up to 45 different products now for them um, without them having to call every single one of those brands and having them schedule deliveries, um, you know, payments and everything um, uh, all separately. Um, so that's kind of like where the efficiencies really start off. And then, yeah. you know, from, from the brand's perspective, it's really about um, not having to manage warehouses and trucks and um, infrastructure and all that, um, you know, as you and I both know, there's not even that much like licensable cannabis real estate in California. And so if every single brand were to have distribution infrastructure, it would, you know, really put a strain on the industry. Um, and so for, you know, distributors like us, um, we can basically um, get better rates because we can, you know, get, get larger warehouses to warehouse everyone's products at the same time. And um, it really is about like the economies of scale. So, um, you know, as we bring on more brands and as we bring on more, uh, more and better products, um, you know, I think the whole supply chain gains a lot of efficiency that way. Cool. So are, are there specific compliance requirements or concerns that a distributor like yourself might have to deal with that the producers and retailers aren't aware of or don't worry about or, you know, is, is there something specific in the regulations that apply to the, dis the distributors in this very complicated cannabis world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, particularly in California, distributors are kind of seen by the state as this, uh, um, I would say, like last checkpoint before products ever hit a retail, ever hit like a retail storefront. Huh. Um, and so, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's a basically distributors main role is to um, kind of handle like compliance testing for products. Um, the actual delivery, so you can't actually move um, products from one licensed entity to another cannabis licensed entity without a distribution license. So, you know, a lot of the track and traceability of, uh, you know, product delivery happens through us. Um, you know, the excise tax collection and cultivation tax collection, that's all withheld by us and forwarded to the state every month or quarter. Um, and, uh, you know, on top of that, you know, there's, there's a lot of specific... Uh, 
I guess, like requirements for, um, you know, our warehousing space for as far as security goes. And then um, even yeah. for our vehicles, we have to get them upfitted for uh, up to compliance standards uh, with, you know, specific caging for the products, mm. um, you know, a safe GPS locators. Um, you know, security cameras, um, you know, the whole nine yards. And so everything from start to finish um, for a distributor is very catered to the cannabis space. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we take a lot of uh, care and, and also pride in how much time and effort and, and resources we spend into our security and compliance. Um, and even to the point where we actually, uh, it's kind of funny, like we, our team made these uh, like black uh, and yellow sweaters um, on the Navis brand, basically that just emblazoned compliant um, <laughs> across the chest. And, you know, whenever our delivery drivers go out, they wear their shirts and, and people love it. You know, the <laughs> guys at retailers will call in um, and ask to buy these shirts because they're, they're just, they're all about compliance these days. So. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like we need to write like a rap song about compliance or something or, or maybe <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Mm -hmm. um, so let me ask about uh, the life cycle of the supply chain and what it looks like from start to finish. And, you know, are, are there any tools or processes that you use to manage to stay on top of it all? Yeah. So, you know, to explain kind of the operational side of things first, um, you know, the delivery happens when we pick up, you know, a new batch of products from a producer. Um, a producer could be, you know, anyone from like a manufacturer or cultivator that has their own brand. So we basically take the final package goods, um, you know, centralize all that inventory and manage it in our warehouses. Um, and then upon which, um, you know, salespeople from the brand side or even our side can go and, you know, make sales to um, buyers and retailers. And then, you know, once those sales guys come back with all their orders, um, they essentially just plug it into our site um, and it gets uh, and, you know, they determine when uh, the product needs to get there. Um, and our team basically just has a queue every single day of orders that need to be picked and packed out and fulfilled. Um, and so, you know, every morning we'll make sure to take the boxes, load them into the vehicles and, and ship them out to their right places um, in an efficient manner. And, you know, that's kind of the, like, from 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 one end to the other mm -hmm. of uh, how the product gets delivered, and then on the back end side of things, um, you know, I think a lot of what people um, don't realize is we also handle collections too. Um, you know, this all, this industry is all cash based, and you know, there's there's some checks, but they're <laughs> like few and far between. Yeah, um, and there's hardly any electronic payments, uh, if at all. And so, you know, what we do is, you know, a lot of these orders are either on you know COD, which is cash on delivery or net payments, which means, you know, they get, you know, a 15 or 30 day loan, uh, you know, credit on their order to which yeah. like they can go sell the product first and then make the money on it and then pay us back and the brand. Right. And so, you know, that's something we have to manage as well is a, you know, a very, uh, you know, efficient system and like a tight loop for um, making sure that we can collect on these accounts receivables as well through our system. So we'll, we make sure to, um, you know, piggyback since we, you know, now cover about like 90% of retailers in the state and do deliveries there every single month. Um, you know, it gives us a lot of opportunities to go back and get FaceTime with the retailers to collect on these former payments. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we try to do is we try to piggyback, uh, you know, 
our old cash payments with, um, or sorry, our old cash pickups with, you know, future deliveries. So that way it's just, you know, it creates a lot more of those efficiencies again in the supply chain, um, such that the brand doesn't even have to worry about making sure that they get paid on time. <clears throat> and so, right. you know, that's, that's the other end of things. And we'll make sure to collect it, put it in, you know, secure, safe in our vehicles. Um, you know, it gets sent back to our warehouses, goes through our accounting team to which we take out the excise tax portion. We make sure to double count it, um, you know, so that it matches the invoice. And then uh, the next time we go pick up a new batch of products from the producer, um, you know, we'll pay them back. And so that's pretty much like the full life cycle of, um, you know, a delivery um, from yeah. start to finish. And, you know, we, we built our own, um, you know, proprietary software system that is a compliant. So it handles all of like the manifest creations and um, COA management for, you know, for testing results. And um, that stuff is all, um, you know, automated and doc well documented on the website. So, you know, our brands, again, have that transparency and visibility into their supply chain as, as if they owned it themselves. Um, so that's, that's what people really like about working with our system. Um, and, and that way, you know, we don't have to constantly have to dig through emails to figure out and, and spreadsheets to figure out exactly like which orders have been delivered or paid or, you know, it just increases that transparency and, um, you know, ultimately like communication between three different parties, like the producer, us, as well as um, the end retailer. Um, and, you know, having that um, single source of truth for all that sort of stuff um, is something that, um, you know, brands really like and, and retailers really enjoy working with as well. So, you know, it, it, at a, you know to dive in a little bit further, um, you know, the website handles everything from order management and tracking um, and then also inventory management because we do centralized inventory um, down to the last batch and SKU. So, you know, salespeople can go sell on like a first in first out basis. Cause um, you know, there's a, there, you know, shelf life isn't the longest for cannabis products. Mm, and so mm -hmm. they need to make sure that they have the ability to do that. Um, and then it also handles like the collections and, and accounting side of things um, as far as reporting as well. So um, those are all, you know, features that um, have been built around our distribution business as we've grown it. So it's all kind of um, been spun out organically as kind of like an on like an as needed basis. Um, so everything, every feature on there serves a very specific purpose and it's not just like a nice to have. Um, and so that's, you know, that's how we've grown our software systems internally. Great. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of moving parts there um, and, <laughs> and having, having processes and efficiencies uh, are so important. Um, so great. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for breaking that down. Um, we're going to take our last commercial break here and then be right back to wrap up our conversation with Vince from NABA. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's cannabis industry voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, chatting with Vince from Nabis, the California-based cannabis distribution company. Um, so before we talk about some really fun events and things happening, um, let's let's jump back into our conversation a bit because I'm curious about the data uh, around trends of products or maybe the best practices in general you're seeing from your perspective as a distributor in the supply chain? Yeah, um, you know, we we basically now ship out, you know, several million dollars worth of product a month. And so, you know, we see a lot of, uh, you know, products going in and out our door and, um, you know, where they all end up. And so, you know, I think on a, at a high level, on a geographical basis, uh, you know, we started out in NorCal, grew into SoCal and, um, definitely, uh, you know, the LA market is just growing significantly faster right now um, to the point that it's about like an even business for us where, you know, we do roughly a little more, like probably 60, 40, I would say number of deliveries, um, like 60% up in NorCal, 40% down SoCal. Okay. Um, but that's like, you know, leveled out a lot recently. And so, you know, the LA market's definitely growing pretty fast. And apart from that, down to the products, um, you know, there's from from what we're seeing, there's about like 30% of the market is still, you know, a lot of just like flour and, and derivative products of that. So like pre-rolls yeah. and, and things like that. Um, and so that's still just like a huge, huge segment of the market. I think, um, you know, investors and people will talk about beverages and kind of these like, you know, a lot of these edible products for the new consumer market. Um, but we haven't actually really seen that, um, you know, hit the market as hard as in, you know, investors have uh, touted. Um, and so that's kind of been an interesting thing for us. Uh, you know, we've, um, you know, we've brought on pretty much like, all types of products. So, you know, edibles, drinks, beverages, um, uh, concentrates, um, pre-rolls, uh, flour, um, you name it and, and, uh, and vapes and carts and stuff. And so, um, you know, definitely the flour category is moving the fastest. It has the highest velocity, um, you know, vapes and carts probably next. Um, yeah. and then like concentrates is actually one that, um, you know, it's a, a very like, 
um, I guess a very, um, you know, a, like a repeat customer kind of like segment of the market, just because, okay. you know, once people get familiar and acquainted with the product, um, they just want, you know, that that's concentrated, what that's what they want. And so, yeah. you know, they'll get the concentrate, they have their own dab rig or some sort of device that, you know, um, can, can smoke uh, concentrates and, you know, they get the best experience out of it because it, you know, extracts out all, a lot of the other impurities of the cannabis plant and just totally. gives you the raw THC. Um, and so yeah. that's something that's been, um, you know, a, a pretty fast growing segment of the market in California. And, you know, prior to, I guess, like late last year, um, that was something where there was kind of a void in these concentrate products just because no one really saw that as an opportunity. People really wanted to just hit the market hard with uh, flour and vapes. And then, you know, now concentrates is catching up quite a bit as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Got it. Well, it's it's nice to hear that the good old flour is, is <clears> the, <throat> the classic go-to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, all right. So you're in California and it's interesting to think that Northern California and Southern California, I think most people realize are like two entirely different worlds, even mm -hmm. though they're the same state. California is a big state. So your work is definitely cut out for you. Um, but of course, we're all, we're all looking toward the day of federal legalization, the ability to work across state lines, the ability for, you know, California or Oregon products to make their way to the other side of the country, for example. So when you're envisioning that future, um, what, what does that look like for a nationwide distributor of cannabis? Yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, like, you know, Every state has their own set of laws for, and they have their own kind of like bureau or agency that does uh, the issues and manages the licenses um, and enforces. And so um, California is definitely one of the more like complex structured, um, you know, cannabis uh, spaces. Um, and so, you know, for us uh, currently, we're just very focused on making sure that we succeed in California mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, kind of have that be our proven model for other states. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, everyone's kind of looking to California as this, um, you know, golden standard for how cannabis supply chain should work um, and how the cannabis market should be perceived. And so, you know, by making sure that we succeed here across, you know, from now until the end of the year is going to be very critical for us um, before we go out of state. And so, you know, come time for next year or, you know, the year after when we start thinking about um, out of state expansion, it's really just about making sure that we get the, the appropriate license that we need um, to operate, um, you know, compliantly. Um, and then, you know, the, the kind of model that we have is uh, we have basically this like full stack kind of uh, solution where we have the software on top that overlays on our like infrastructure distribution backbone. Um, and so, you know, all of our brands work within, um, you know, our software to make sure that all these deliveries happen. Um, and so does our team and everyone. And that's one of those things that can definitely be dropped into, you know, state by state without sort of boundaries of the law or, you know, regular state, you know, regulation or federal regulate regulatory restrictions. Got um, it. And so, you know, that kind of gives us a leg up when we're thinking about out-of-state expansion. You know, it's just about setting up the infrastructure and we can just drop in the software and we immediately are a very scalable distributor that just, um, you know, has a lot of reach um, and, is a bit, and can definitely service a lot of deliveries um, because of it. Makes um, sense. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely so, um, yeah. a strength of ours. 
Excellent. Cool. Sorry, we're uh, we're running out of time here, but uh, yeah, th thanks okay. for breaking that down. Um, I did want to mention to our listeners that Lobby Days is coming up May 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Um, if you're not registered yet, you must register now. And of course, the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo is July in San Jose. Please join us in San Jose, July 22nd. 23rd and 24th for the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. So Vince, thanks again for joining us on the show and breaking down that supply chain information for us. Uh, it's really helpful and uh, look forward to seeing you at the conference in San Jose. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely be there um, and um, you know, hope to have a good time. Excellent. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.